Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The views and opinions expressed in the following podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the DVM production empire. That's how you know it's good. This is a DVMPE production. Join the empire today at DVMPE.com. All right. So should we talk about today's topic? Yeah. We're, we're rolling, so... Yeah, we've been rolling this whole time. Yeah. We've already recorded like an hour, just calling. Yeah. <laughs> COVID-19 is a real problem. <laughs> Ramblings. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Viable Human Podcast. Uh, it's me, George. Got Dr. Dan over here. Hello. Dr. Hector. I am present. And here we are. We're wrapping up, uh, what is it, COVID's finally starting to wrap up. We're in phase four in Chicago, right? We're, we we're, we're, phase we're in phase three right now. Yeah, we're, we're still in, phase. in phase three. But we're on track for phase four. Bars are opening yeah. up. Restaurants are starting to open up. Things are, nature is healing, as they say. We're 10 yeah. days out Hopefully. from our eligibility from phase four, assuming that all goes well. We yeah. don't have any spikes. But I feel like I still see a lot of, a lot of people assume that we're in phase five already. <laughs> yeah, like they've jumped the gun significantly. Well, I, I get that vibe just talking to people in my in my office and just seeing people in general. Is that most most people want to try to return to some level of normalcy as soon as possible? Yeah, I mean this is where they get you, right? This is where that second wave happens because people have dropped their guard. Well, that's what we're uh, that's what we're waiting to see with all the people who you know went out to the beaches in Florida, started partying in other states. Well, uh, Florida's gonna do what Florida's gonna do. Right? <laughs> even even right now with all the the, the protests and everything. Um, uh, related to George Floyd, the, you know, from a biological perspective, the question is still raised: Well, is that going to have? Are we going to see an increase in cases because of that, or what's going to happen going forward? Scary world out there. Doctor Dan and I were having a a, a conversation about uh, breweries before uh, before you came and uh, joined us today, and uh, we were talking about how um, you know that's one social situation where I went to a brewery this past weekend and. Um, Hung out with some of uh, some of my friends and was celebrating one of my friends' birthdays and uh, the basic vibe like out in the in the patio area was people aren't really worried you know people were kind of keeping their distance from other parties yeah. and respecting that but you know the people that were were there with their groups they're as intimate as ever yeah and um, I actually drunk on the, <laughs> on the way here uh, this is Tuesday night on the way here I drove through downtown Lagrange coming down here and there were all the restaurants had people sitting at their outdoor seating having dinner having drinks I'm like this is a Tuesday night yeah and people are out in the dollars it's a Friday people are desperate for some normalcy man plus yeah. it's like beautiful outside yeah that's like the last couple of days have just been gorgeous yeah it's, it's inter- inter- interesting times for sure but we are ever vigilant <laughs> well, well, I'll share with you um, that you know my my gym has reopened. Yeah, we talked a little bit about that in uh, our last episode. Where, like I said, we're in phase three, and as far as our rules are for uh, boutique fitness uh, studios like that, um, that's kind of where the the CrossFit gyms fall into. You know, we're able to have outdoor classes with up to ten participants, and everybody's supposed to be spaced out ten feet apart from each other. All the athletes that are working out ten feet apart from each other. Mm-hmm. In general, you know, in public, you're supposed to be six feet apart from each other but when you're working out they've raised it to 10 feet yeah i have difficulty uh and i have to remind my athletes hey you guys are supposed to be 10 feet apart and i mean it was from day one like i got people two feet apart and i'm like hey we're 
we're supposed to be ten feet apart. <laughs> and like, it doesn't bother me per se, but you know, if we get checked up on, I don't want them to be like, hey, you're letting people get two feet within each other. And you know, people are starting to just naturally go back to bumping fists and yeah. sometimes awkwardly bumping elbows. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and even. I had a new guy that came in. I introduced him to one of my trainers, and they shook hands yesterday. I'm like, "Oh, we're touching again now." <laughs> <laughs> you know, just I'm making light of it, but you know, there's it's it is not natural for people to distance themselves or to isolate themselves from each other. Yeah. And yes, people want want to go back to normal. Yeah, I think that's also that's also something that I've seen that I think is really interesting. It speaks to again what people are used to, what people enjoy, or what they're comfortable with is uh, the the awkwardness of trying to assess like, "Oh, should I be shaking your hand?" Can we hug? Like, should we be saying hi to each other? What are we allowed to do here? I actually was talking to uh, my wife about this yesterday because I, I shared with her that incident also, and and I was like, you know, I don't know that we'll ever actually go away from that because there are people that it's just ingrained in the culture. It's like we, we shake hands when we meet each other, or we bump fists when we're working out, high five each other, stuff like that. You know, you could be at a bar. Yeah. I know that I've been at bars. I've been at concerts. And strangers are high-fiving each other. Yeah. You know, like I got my... <laughs> a sweaty shirtless yeah. hug at a heavy metal counter. That happens too, yeah. yeah. Somebody knocks you on your ass and they, they come and pick you up, give you a hug, and they're like, all right, back into it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. you know, I've been at festivals before running around without my shirt, and because I have the Crimson Ghost on my chest, somebody will come up and just high-five me. You know, on the chest? On the chest. They're, just, they're like, just slap me right on They'll it. They'll just bury their face right <laughs> Now, I was having a similar conversation with a patient of mine that's, uh, you know, looking back my life, basically, like, through sports like wrestling, jiu-jitsu, and mixed martial arts, my work as a chiropractor, just being involved in different social groups and different gyms, I'm like, my, my life is very much spent in close contact with other, with other people, mm-hmm. and it's unusual to not be allowed to do that, to be told that that's unsafe or it's unhealthy in some form and uh yeah regardless of whether or not i agree with it it's just what people what people are going through right now what they have to deal with and uh, it's just it's unusual for sure yeah and you have to also think that on, even on a physiological level um you know that there have been studies that have shown you touch you get oxytocin release it's a feel-good mm-hmm. chemical right yeah. um so this is you know part of why children bond with their with their parents and and vice versa why parents bond with their children yeah um it is also you know in forming social relations having any sort of contact is is going to strengthen mm-hmm. that uh that relationship whether it be a handshake a handshake or a hug high five whatever it is um but also like um you know there there have been studies about like massages and stuff like that like you can have a terrible massage and you're still going to feel good just because somebody had their hands on you mm-hmm. like um yeah there's like I said, just on a physiological level, this is something that is just natural to us. I was having a conversation with a patient of mine just about two weeks ago where we were talking about this, that uh, a colleague of mine, a physical therapist, when they, had origi- when they originally announced the shelter-in-place orders and uh, the social distancing and all that, uh, to give some context, here in Illinois, my chiropractic offices have remained open the entire time because we were deemed essential businesses by organizations like the Department of Defense, the, uh, the State Board of Illinois. But uh, I was having this conversation with my patient saying that this colleague was telling me when the shelter-in-place order went into effect that he feels like this is going to be the end of physical medicine going forward, like massage, uh, chiropractic, physical therapy, close contact physical medicine um, practitioners are basically done. Nobody's ever going to trust being close quarters and close contact with people anymore because of everything revolving around COVID-19. And, uh, is it for, like forever? This is the way he felt at the time. Yeah, he was saying, like, we're, we're done going forward. We might as well get a different job. I'm like, all right, let's slow down. Pump the <laughs> that sounds and, very short-sighted. And my, my patient cut me off. He's like, 
No, no. He's like, no, people want to be touched. They want to be touched yeah. by somebody they know cares about they them. They yearn for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, they want to be touched by somebody they know cares about them, by somebody who's skilled. He's like, I want you to adjust me. I want to be able to get a massage. He's like, I'm not I'm not done with physical medicine practitioners because of this. You know, if I have to wait, cool. But I'm never not doing this again. I think a lot of people are in the same boat as me. This is what my patient was telling me. And I was like, okay, well, I'm really glad to hear that. I feel the same way. There is no substitute for caring touch, whether it's from a mother to a child or a healthcare provider to one of their patients, one of their clients. People appreciate caring touch. Yeah. And it's useful for a broad variety of reasons. I've, I've had uh, several of my clients tell me that they were very much looking forward to the ability to get a massage again. Yeah. Um, even myself, like you guys can see, I got a haircut. People want to have that, maybe not the physical connection with their with their barber, but it's like that's part of it also. It's like yeah. your barber comes up and they touch you, and they're they're probably leaning over you. Like that's that's fairly intimate. You know, you're not trying to make it weird, but you are getting touched by that other person, and maybe they're they're giving you a massage um, on your scalp if they're giving you a shampoo. You know, it's part of yeah. the service. Yeah. So the concept of touch scarf, that's like a real thing, you know? Well, I've actually, uh, I, I've seen this in my own practice. You know, I've been in practice about 10 years now. I've had the chance to work in offices all around and in the city of Chicago. Literally, I've worked with thousands of different individual patients and I've seen it happen with young people I've seen it happen with older people that there are certain people who unfortunately starve for touch some kind of intimate contact with somebody mm-hmm. and it has nothing it's not sexual in any form or fashion but I've actually had senior patients of mine tell me you know you as my chiropractor are the first person who's touched me in like 10 years yeah and it's significant it's important to them mm-hmm. wow yeah, I've had more than one person tell me, like, 5, 10, 15 years, you're the first person who's touched me in that long. Yeah, that's powerful. It's like, it, it's it's not something that ever, the desire to have that never goes away, even if the actual application of it goes away. People want it, people need it, and you can't substitute it. There's never going to be a substitute for it. So then let's talk more about, uh, you know, it, it, it's been such a unique time living through this quarantine. What has this situation given you gratitude for? Well, for me, right out of the gate, I... It makes me appreciate more what it is that I do for uh, for my work, for my profession, because I, I'm fortunate in the sense that I'm still working right now through a job that I do that's remote, working from home. Yeah. So I'm still able to pay my bills that way, even though I'm not in the office seeing my patients nearly as often as nearly as much as I would like, to the extent that I would like, because of everything that's going on with the shelter-in-place orders, people not feeling comfortable during the initiation of that and all that. So I, I have a paycheck, but it really makes me appreciate the time that I have in my office, working one-on-one with patients, adjusting people, showing them exercises, because I, that is what I love to do. It's the reason why I got into my profession. Yeah. Um, you know, like anything else, they they say that absence, ab, was it absence or distance makes the heart grow fonder. Yep. That's kind of what it is. It's like I know that that's what I want to do because right now that I can't do it to the extent that I want, it's making me miserable. I don't like not being able to do it. Yeah, I'd say for myself, um, very similarly. You know, we, we talked about how fortunately Dr. Yen, Dr. Dan got to work through uh, the the shutdown. I mean, it was probably at a limited capacity also because of just people are are not comfortable. Yeah. Right. But. I didn't have the option. So as a fitness facility, we were shut down. At the beginning, I had, you know, immediately people were asking me like, yeah, but you're still going to let us come in, right? (laughs) (laughs) Kind of, kind of, you know, in secrecy, we're going to do this. Just black out the window. And and I was like, 
you know, as much as I love that, and uh, you know, that that kind of illustrates to me the level of appreciation that people have for for what we do. Yeah. Right. So so that was strengthened there. The the value that people put on the service that I provide became very apparent because people stuck by our business despite not having access to our physical facility. Yeah. So to me, like I said, it, it illustrated that, and it actually solidified my dedication to it because um, we did the things that we could to provide value for our clients, but unfortunately. Without the facility, we have a limited ability to earn money based on our business model. Mm-hmm. Now, there were a lot of uh, fitness facilities out there that run similarly to us that talk about, well, you need to pivot and you need to have your online presence and whatever. When you don't believe in something or that is not the way that you want to do something, yeah. you attempting to do that, that comes across. Mm-hmm. right? So for me, it was like... Disingenuous. Yeah, I did. I did the Zoom stuff. Um, I know some other gyms out there, like they, they made videos, they made a production out of it. They're like, all right, here's the workout of the day, and they blasted it out. Now people have access to it. I was like, that's that's not the business model that I set to run. Yeah. And and I know that I saw this sentiment also in other affiliate owners groups. Some some of them just straight up said like, I'm not doing anything until we can open our doors again. I'm not going to lend out equipment. I'm not going to do Zoom classes. I'm just going to chill until we can open our doors again. You know, to be in that financial situation, awesome. Yeah. But at the same time, I think you risk disengagement with your community. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if I did that and told him, well, you know, we got to be in this lockdown for a month, I'll see you at the end of the month and just <laughs> not talk to them. You, you start becoming irrelevant to them. So there's another statistic that I saw. It was like, you know, the, for every week that we're shut down, you can expect a 3% loss in membership. Mm-hmm. All right. It's, it's pretty hard to ask somebody to continue to pay membership dues. Well, I mean, if you're straight up not providing some sort of value to them, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't expect them to pay anything. Right. But at the same time, you know, if they know that they're supporting a small business, if you make yourself available to them doing like the Zoom classes, I also encourage people, like if, if you have technique stuff that you want to work on, film yourself, send it to me, I'll break it down. Like I would take screenshots, diagram over what they were doing, show them what their fault was, make a recommendation, make a video, send it back to them and be like, this is, you know, I, I talked to them specifically. Yeah. Like. Uh, I had some people that wanted to clean up their Olympic lifting. So I would tell them, like, you need to be in this position versus the position that you were in. You need to make sure that your barbell is in your midline before you start your movement. You need to make sure your shoulders are back, making sure you have a rigid torso. All the little minutia of refining that. You know, I was doing what I could to try to help out my community and letting them know that I was there and to ask them to stick by us through that time. Yeah. Right? So we did earn some income, and it was enough paired with our reserves to get us through. But from a business owner's perspective, being pragmatic, you have to think, well, how long is this situation going to last? And at what point do we draw the line and say, okay, it's it's not viable, Yeah. right? Um, so we had those conversations, and we came very close. Like right now, actually, uh, we, we thought we were going to sell the building because we thought that we had a place that we could rent. And unfortunately, the person that we uh, went to try to rent the space from had reservations about, uh, one, renting out to a fitness facility. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing was they had two units that were adjacent to each other that they were trying to rent out to one party. We only want a part of it. We got a scare. Well, if we don't have somewhere to move and we sell the building, what then? Mm-hmm. Right. So if, if we don't have a physical presence and we have a gap, again, you have you face the how much interest are we going to lose over time? Yeah. Um, so we've been having those conversations also. But, um, you know, as as we sort of bared down on the deadline to make those decisions, I pulled out my, my mission statement and I'm like, what's my mission? Because it should be very clear, like if it doesn't serve your mission, then it's just not the right move. Mm-hmm. So I looked at it and I was like, do I need to make any revisions? And I, I haven't looked at this probably in solid year and a half almost. And I pulled it out and I'm like, 
this is perfect. This is exactly how I feel right now. Yeah. And so this this is reaffirmation that I need to stay the course. Yeah. So I voted um, in our partnership to keep our facility. There was some pushback. I don't want to say it was pushback, but there was, you need to reconsider this and think about what the future looks like because there are a lot of variables that are out there right now, right? But I said, um, you know, I understand that at first glance, it looks like my vote is incredibly selfish because I stand to gain the most mm-hmm. um, or lose the least, I guess, yeah. um, if, if we continue in this direction. But at the same time, I thought about all the people that value what we do for them. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but now a bigger fitness facilities aren't open, so people are looking for that. So that's this is an opportunity for us. So we've actually had a lot of inquiries within the past couple of weeks that we've been open. And... Uh, uh, it's looking better, yeah. right? But at the same time, we have to make up for what we lost over the past. Not really lost, but didn't earn, yeah. right? So we kind of are starting off in the hole, so we have we have ground to make back up. And so I think there are a lot of businesses that are in this situation, and a lot of businesses are having to fold. We were fortunate, like I said, to be able to make it through, but it is pretty much like, all right, it's, it's time to put your big boy pants on and do the things that you need to do to make this work. So the conversations that I've had with our ownership were, all right, what do we need to do? Give me targets. Give me targets, and I will meet those targets or exceed them, but I need to know what we're aiming for. Yeah. Um, And, you know, any good business is going to be making those business plans anyway. So I think that it is uh, it's really solidified our partnership also because we, we have a lot more communication than we've had in the past because we didn't have to have it before. Yeah. Things were okay. Now we have the opportunity, like I said, to get back to where we were and hopefully better. Yeah. And uh, I think that... Forged in the fire of uncertainty. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's still uncertainty in the future. So we're, we're still talking about what does our future look like. Yeah. But with the health of the business being... The health of the business continuing going forward being sort of the center point yeah. versus is do we walk away with what we have right now? That's where we're at. So so for me, the, the, the opportunity that this situation has created is the opportunity for me to refocus and just think about what, what is it that I actually do want to do mm-hmm. and what do I need to do to execute on that? So I'm hyper-focused right now on that. Now I have the opportunity. Before it was kind of like, well, we can't do anything anyway. <laughs> but, you know, we were talking about Martini, and he was actually saying, this is the time they need to be planning. Yeah. Most of your business should be planning. Yeah. Right. So um, I was listening to that, but I wasn't really hearing it when I when I was actually hearing it. So now we're here, and that that planning is happening. Yeah. So it wasn't really a missed opportunity, but the efforts could have been started earlier. It's pretty crazy how being like a Hector, you yourself are a small business owner, and you're self-employed, basically like like a yeah for all intents and purposes, yeah. It's like you really need to develop like a lot of grit when you're in a position like that because mm-hmm. you know yeah I was <laughs> market <laughs> volatile. Another conversation. Another conversation I was having with somebody recently talking about, uh, you know, basically being my position as an independent contractor, technically a business owner myself, versus being an employee for a group. Uh, I was telling this person that, you know, for the last several years, I've been an employee of other people, and I never felt like I was getting what I deserved out of the arrangement. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately what led to the dissolution of those relationships every time was I would give it a good a good bit of time to not only show that I could produce and that I could be valuable to the group, but for the people that I was working for to show that they were actually going to live up to their end of the bargain and compensate me accordingly. And it just never happened. So finally, I just made the decision that I was just going to go out on my own, be an independent contractor, and just try to do the best I could with it. And it is, it is not easy. It's incredibly nerve-wracking, and it takes a lot of self-discipline, but not this year, but the two years before, the two years that I've been doing that, I've earned for myself more money than anybody else had paid me in the previous four years. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not even doing as well as I think I could be, and I'm paying myself better than all these other people did. This makes more sense. 
Yeah. And so that's, you know, obviously 2020 was a big kick in the ass for a lot of people in terms of, you know, nobody saw the coronavirus pandemic coming, the shelter in place orders coming. I was hoping to have a bigger year this year than I had in 2019 and 2018. It's obviously not going that way, but uh, hopefully here in the latter half of the year, I can try to turn it around and make things even better. So this year ends up at least better off than it started out and hopefully I can set myself up for a better 2021 but uh, again this is all um, kind of to Dr. Hector's point it's kind of forcing them to take stock and uh, plan to figure out what the next steps are. To re-emphasize also not only did um, did it make me more focused mm-hmm. but it uh, it started showing me even more so like like I said the sort of the loyalty to the brand that uh, that people have and when I say the brand I'm talking about our facility. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you know anything about CrossFit HQ and there have been rumblings of just different things that are happening there, there's a lot of instability just in the CrossFit community right now um, as far as the ownership headquarters and affiliate ownership because of uh, just different values that have been shown to have uh, been going on at, uh, at HQ. So, a couple bad tweets. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's, a, there's a mess going on right now. But yeah. Each individual affiliate is independent. Like CrossFit HQ does not tell anybody how to run their business, mm-hmm. and nor do they help them in any special way, other than you have access to use our name for advertising. Um, so the methodology is is awesome. The ability to use a known name is awesome. But if the name is tarnished, there's a problem. I don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate, but like a lot of people right now are naive to what has been going on over there. Mm-hmm. So the CrossFit brand itself, only to people that are hardcore and have been there for a while, doesn't seem like it's been tainted at the moment. But you know, there's there's some work that has to be done over there and the CrossFit community in general right now, especially like so the people who have been in it for a long time, it's fractured. There's there's a lot of talk going on. What direction people want to go in? Are they going to remain affiliates? Are they not going to affiliate? Uh, what happens when you don't affiliate because you have credentials that were given to you by CrossFit. Yeah. So, you know, you have the, the level one, the, there are multiple different level certifications. Um, and if you don't have that, you might not be able to run your business because now you have to either get another one or you have to stick with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's a mess that has to be fixed. But uh, but like I said, this is something where I have I had actually asked our community, I'm like, what, what do you guys think about this? You know, and for the most part, the agreement uh, has been like, it's not good what's going on at HQ, but whatever direction the absolution decides they're going to go in, we're going to stick with it. Because yeah. ultimately, we're not we're not here to be in contact or associated with the, the CEO or owner now, uh, Greg Glassman, um, who has made the controversial uh, statements. And um, they're like, yeah, we, we don't know who that guy is and we don't care about that guy. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, what we know is what's going on within the walls here. And they're not Googling Greg Glassman and then they find after some CrossFit. They're Googling health, health and fitness in their area. Although, you know what? We'd, we'd be getting a lot more internet traffic if that were the case. We <laughs> should just Photoshop a picture of him in your gym. Yeah. <laughs> you, think, you think people are showing up, up to your gym and being like, hey, I'm here for the uh, controversial tweets? <laughs> Those really speak to me. I could imagine, but no. (laughs) I actually, I did have one new person come through, and um, we were talking about this. This is a black girl, and so like I, I come from a Mexican background, and she, she straight up told me she's like your people, and she kind of waved her hand at me, and I was like, (laughs) whoa. (laughs) Historically, have had prejudices against my people. And I'm like, well, that's true, but that really has nothing to do with me. Yeah. And so, like, uh, it, it, 
it, she didn't mean anything by it. Like we weren't yeah. going to have a problem, but but at that moment, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if she tweeted that. <laughs> I actually happened yeah. to have a, a, a black patient who's a CPD officer who's had 20 plus years experience as CPD with uh, plain clothes experience. Yeah. He and I have some fun conversations about uh, black and Latino relationships. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I also, you know, speaking just because of uh, the, the, the police thing, um, we got that whole mess that's going on in the country also. Mm-hmm. I have police officers that work work out at my gym. And, you know, they've been part of my community for a long time. And, uh, you know, so when I think of, of police, I, I think of these upstanding people. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, right now, it, that name is tarnished also. So there's a, a lot of, I don't know, branding labels that are in trouble right now. I think we need to remember that individuals as a whole, that, that sounds weird, but <laughs> each individual of the whole isn't represented necessarily by whatever group that they're affiliated with. Yeah. You know, whether it be your skin color, your profession, or your lifestyle choice, like none of that should, should paint broad strokes. It should, it should maybe give you an idea of those person's ideals and values, but it definitely shouldn't be something where you're making a hard judgment on them. Yeah, it, it's really tough too because it seems like there's a lot of us versus them mentality where, yeah. I mean, these are people who just took a job. They're trying to do that. Most of the people are just trying to do the best that they can. Mm-hmm. And there's a few bad apples there. It doesn't mean that all cops are crooked. Yeah. I mean, especially, I mean, between the three of us, have we ever had a bad experience with a cop? I mean, I have, but <laughs> uh, I guess we're not we're not the, the people who are being oppressed. Yeah, technically, we don't need to go into my experience, but to, kind of to uh, Dr. Hector's point is like I've had the chance to work with a lot of different police officers, from CPD to uh, su- suburban police to state troopers, through uh, as training partners in martial arts or as patients of mine in my offices around in my offices in practice. And yes, there are always going to be good and bad people in every profession and every walk of life. I am thankful to say that I've found really only good people uh, that are police officers who took on a very unforgiving and uh, difficult job and who, for the most part, are just trying to do the same thing as everybody else. They're just trying to provide for their families and uh, make it home safe at night. My experience. Yeah. yeah. I think that any time that I've had police attention, it was kind of, I deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> I have not had any bad experiences. And, and as a matter of fact, like uh, any experiences that I've had with, with police officers, um, you know, enforcing the law, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that they've gone really smoothly. Like, uh, <laughs> I've actually been arrested before. And I remember specifically one time I got arrested. It makes it sound like I got arrested a lot. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, the, like, per protocol, I had to be cuffed and I had to be taken to the station. Um, and it was because I was I was going excessively fast uh, on what, the expressway. What's excessive? I don't remember how fast I got clocked at. But, it was, you know, it was probably going, like, near 100 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. So when you're, when you're a certain number of miles per hour over a speed limit, you have to be arrested. Yeah. Right? So uh, so that's what happened. But the officer that arrested me was, was very, like, matter-of-fact about stuff. Like, all right, this is what we have to do. And, uh, like, I had people in the car with me, so they basically followed us to the station, I, and I bounced out right after we got there, after they <laughs> finished all the procedures. But I was like, the whole time I was there, riding in the back of the police car with my hands cuffed, I'm like, this is more of, like, a ride along, like this is what it's like to be arrested. <laughs> then I'm actually being arrested. <laughs> oh yeah, I think I remember your dad talking about that. It's like, <laughs> it's like your car doesn't even go that fast. <laughs> that was a different time. In the Taurus. Yeah. The, so the time that I'm talking about, I was not driving my own vehicle. Uh, I was driving a friend's vehicle. So we were we were partying in St. Louis, and uh, if you remember, this is this is before I even started drinking. So I was the designated driver, and I'm driving us back to uh, my friend's house from the clubs in St. Louis. 
and he lived in, I think it was O'Fallon. It's a decent little drive. Yeah. It's, it's like probably closer to an hour than a half hour drive. Mm-hmm. And so like I'm flying, it's, it's late at night and we get pulled over. And, you know, obviously the first thing they're going to think is like you're driving, you're driving drunk, drunk, right? Yeah. So um, I obviously wasn't drinking, like I said. Um, and <laughs> it was just a, a more funny situation than anything else. Yeah. So we originally started talking about what gratitude things we're grateful for in this situation. Yeah. Uh, I actually want to give a shout out to my daughter's daycare. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, my daughter's daycare in Brookfield, Illinois, has actually remained open throughout the entire shelter in place order. Really? And uh, yeah, and I know a lot of people, again, talking to patients of mine, uh, friends of ours, uh, a lot of people were uh, had their lives significantly disrupted, not only by the, the COVID-19 and the shelter in place orders, but by the fact that their kids can no longer go to daycare, they can no longer go to school. Uh, that's a real challenge for parents when that's suddenly taken away. Mm-hmm. They they have to wash their kids all day. Uh, we were very fortunate that our daycare was actually able to get a special pass from DCFS to remain open because so many of the parents of children at that school are essential workers. Yeah. So we have not... We've not skipped a beat. My daughter's been going to daycare the entire time, which has made it so that my wife and I are both capable of working from home and doing what we need to do to provide for our family through this difficult time. And we're not facing the same hardships that so many other people have, uh, whether it's from being laid off or from the fact that they no longer have childcare. Uh, that's that's a real burden for people, and I, I'm just glad not to be in that boat. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually um, a huge thing um, that I got. I do have uh, families that uh, that work out at my gym. Um, you know, it's mostly usually the couples that are married, and they've got a few young children. And uh, you know, unfortunately, they've been in that same situation also. It's like now you got to work from home. Now you got to take care of your kids. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, if you're working from home, it's one thing, but there are challenges that come along with that also because if you're trying to work. With your child in your home uh, or children, that that's yeah, compounding yeah. variable, right? From what I understand, it's nearly impossible. Yeah, yeah, because I, they need children need to be stimulated. They need to have attention. Yeah, and you can't just tell them like I'm I'm going to be working over here, so you go and do your thing over here. <laughs> it's not how it works. Yeah, and then also, especially before we were able to reopen, I was also always listening to news radio. I'm like, hey. Where are we at with uh, Illinois reopening right now? I need to know when I can open and you know what what the guidelines are that I need to be following. So I was listening to the news news every day. Every every day we had the the coronavirus update, and I was like, we're we're basically rehashing the same garbage every day. But at the same time, I'm holding on to that hope as far as all right, this is the date that you guys need to be ready, and we're releasing the guidelines. And you know, at that time, they didn't release the guidelines for phase three for businesses until five days before we were able to open. Yeah. And so we're at we're at the same. Uh, sort of junction right now where we're going to be we're supposed to be rolling into phase four and uh, I said we're 10 days out and we still don't know what phase four is going to look like for mm-hmm. the business going forward um, arguably we could just do the same thing that we're doing right now but um, we're, we're running at a limited capacity right now so it would make it a lot easier for us especially on a per hour basis if we could have more individuals in our facility right um, so you know it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword because I feel like right now with the uh, capped classes we're able to have a, a more intimate experience with the people that are there mm-hmm. and so they're they're getting a little bit more value for for what they're paying for yeah mm-hmm. uh, whereas if you have a bigger class potentially that could get watered down especially if you're new and you need more coaching attention yeah but i also think that at the same time that uh those people that have been around for years now they have relationships with those other classmates and uh if they aren't seeing all of those people all the time it sort of dilutes their experience because they're used to working out with you know a group of 10 to 14 people versus Right now, we're working out with maybe six to ten people. Yeah. Um, so they're missing those other people. And uh, I'm also looking forward to just 
being able to have a social event for our gym <laughs> yeah. because uh, you know part of part of it is is that social aspect. You you see people from your community and you work out with them. And they're uh, not just clients anymore, right? They're almost like they're friends. They they are friends and family. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of the people that work out at my gym are friends with each other. They're neighbors with each other. They yeah. they drive past each other's houses all they the time. They become friends with each other. Yeah, yeah, that too. They're like, oh, you live over there? Awesome. I'm like right down the street. Wow, our kids are the same age. I like you. Maybe our kids will like each other. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. <laughs> versus like well my kids like those kids but I don't, I don't know their parents i don't want to know them <laughs> i actually unfortunately have that feeling when i go to my daughter's daycare i know <laughs> I've, I've heard from various different people that, i don't want to you know, know you how yeah. that goes down <laughs> well i went to go pick her up today and i was literally standing in line with people out there we all just kind of like acknowledge the fact that there was a new person in line just went about looking straight ahead and not talking to each other <laughs> Uh, it's just, you know, whatever, that's what it is. My, 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 my wife is definitely the more bubbly one between the two of us, so she's more in there like, hey, how you doing? Good to see you, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, I don't know who these people are. Sorry. <laughs> hey, uh, you. Yeah. Um, We're both in this building. <laughs> going along the line of gratitude, I'll say one other thing I'm grateful for is uh, at a baseline level, my family is healthy, mm-hmm. and that's a fantastic thing. My wife and my daughter specifically – Thank God, you know, no chronic illnesses, no systemic issues, nothing that makes us especially susceptible to COVID-19. And uh, again, this is something that I've been seeing from uh, patients of mine or indirectly. It's a subject that we pretty much touch on time and again on this podcast because it bears repeating. You know, when you are when you are not a healthy person, let's say you are, let's say you've got an autoimmune disease, let's say you are diabetic and it's not controlled, let's say you are obese, let's say you've got some kind of a respiratory issue, a cardiovascular issue, you know, your health doesn't only impact you, it's something that ends up affecting other people in your close circle, in your immediate family, the people you work with, whether you realize it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not, what a situation like the COVID-19 pandemic does and the shelter-in-place orders does, it just points out how, you know, as insensitive as it might sound, you you kind of become a liability to these other people around you because of your condition. Uh, Using an example, a patient of mine who has actually been working through the shelter-in-place order because he's an essential worker up at uh, Northwestern, uh, he was off work for a couple weeks voluntarily. They gave him some time. They offered him some paid time off, so he took it. And they're like, okay, so now we're going to be coming back next week, so just be ready to go on Monday morning. And he asked him basically how are things going at the school. And uh, according to him, Northwestern was actually having an issue with a little bit of a, uh, a COVID-19 outbreak. Something like 20 students living in a long-term housing there had it. Uh-huh. And he was going to be working in their building, working on the electricity, Jeez. the electrical engineering stuff. Yeah. And he was like, uh, what if I don't want to come back to work and they, they asked him like what do you mean what do you want if you don't want to come back he's like that building you're putting me in has people in there with confirmed cases of this my wife is a diabetic and she's got asthma like what like i can't yeah. put her at risk going to work can you put me in another building and they're like no that's your building that's what you're assigned to you go back there or you don't come back yeah and he's just like i don't think i'm going back to work <laughs> really he goes yeah i mean that's Unfortunately, the situation I'm in, I can't risk getting my wife sick. I can't risk getting my kids sick. So if they're going to make me go there, then I can't go. And I was like, that's really rough. But unfortunately, that's the reality for some people is that... Really admirable, too. Yeah. And I'm like, he's also the only person working in his family. So I'm like, well... Oh. I can't imagine that's going to the burden that's going to put on them that yeah. that's the situation he's in. But yeah, again, I'm just grateful for the fact that I'm not in that position. Me and my wife, my daughter, for all intents and purposes, are pretty healthy people. Yes. You know, we can all always stand to get better, but I, I, 
I'm thankful not to be in that kind of situation that some people are in. I'm also grateful for that. We we have a lot of conversations in my circle. Like, do you, do you know anybody personally that that has come down with uh, with COVID? I I think I only know one person. You know, first degree. Like, I actually know this person that has been hospitalized over this or or had a confirmed case. Um, luckily, she's recovering. Um, I think she's almost completely recovered at this point. Also, gratitude that she came through. Mm-hmm. Our social circle, and I'm talking about my social circle is uh is relatively healthy um so grateful for that nobody has has been affected personally as far as their health is concerned i'm really thankful for you know it's like during this time alone it's like i never realized what a social creature i was you know i always thought i was uh <laughs> like yeah i pretty much spend most of my day alone yeah and i realized that's absolutely not true you know i interact with people at work and stuff and like i miss seeing you guys especially you know the Davila brothers oh yeah, I think I sent Thanks, you a couple of texts. Every time uh, when I, uh, whenever I was thinking about you guys, I think I always sent you a text of <laughs> gratitude and thank you for always being there for me and yeah. stuff. I appreciate that, and uh, hopefully we earn that. Uh, I, I feel the same way though. That this whole thing going on uh, last couple months, especially, is like I, I laugh because uh, like when I first met my wife, my wife and I've been together seven years now. We've been married for six of them. When I first met my wife, I told my wife I'm a very introverted person. I'm not very social. I basically I go to work, I focus on my career, I go work out, I go train jujitsu, and then I go home. I don't do anything else. <laughs> it wasn't until I was dating my wife and she started going with me to events that I was participating in. She's like, what do you mean you're not a social person? You're constantly at something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, she's like, it's either a family dinner or you go watch the fights with your friends, you go to jujitsu, you go to work out, you go to do these other things. Like, you are constantly engaging with other people. Yeah. And I was like, huh. Well, yeah, I, like, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> Yeah, but the the thing is with with that is you are choosing your environment. Yeah. You're yeah. So like I'm I'm very much the same way where it's like um when I was in pharmacy school, I never talked to most of my classmates for a long time. Yeah. And, and uh it was like I was in pharmacy school. I was there to get my degree to to perform well uh scholastically or academically, however you want to put it. I I also was working at the time because especially my first year, I didn't know if I was going to get my student loans. So I was like I didn't pay for school. So it's like if I wasn't <laughs> in school, yeah. I was working or working out. Yeah. And those are pretty much the only two things that I did outside of the classroom. So I didn't socialize with anybody, really. And finally, you know, because you're with the same people for four years, some of them befriended me, especially the, the reason that this happened is because I had roommates that were in my class. Yeah. And they were they made friends with other people and would bring them <laughs> over to our place. So eventually, you know, the, the barriers are broken and they started talking to me. And now I've got the circle of friends from my pharmacy class. Uh, but some of the conversations I had with some of them were like, I remember one in particular uh, where I was having a conversation with, with one of the girls in my class and she was like you don't seem like you're like socially awkward or like, <laughs> or have social anxiety I'm like I don't I just choose not to be social <laughs> she, I, they had the impression that like I was some sort of I don't know her were they talking to you a little slower <laughs> hi Hector and they were afraid oh, that I was yeah. going to go off at any yeah. time yeah I mean they, like they were they were curious about me because like I and when when they would bring over classmates I would actually just be I'd stay in my room. Yeah. I, had, I had the master bedroom in our place, so it was pretty big. Mm. And so I had my own space. Like I didn't, I didn't need to go downstairs for anything. Uh, so I just stayed up there. Just pissing out the window. Yeah. <laughs> we had bathrooms on both floors, uh, okay. so I didn't have to piss out the window. I did anyway. But <laughs> when they were leaving, I would piss out yeah, the window. Right. <laughs> no. Give them a quick but, spritz. But I mean, like, uh, I've also done that with myself. You know, you you engineer your 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 life the way that you want to, and if you do it conscientiously. You're making the life that you want, right? Yeah. So, especially right now, my interaction with the public is very little. Uh, so, like, 
we're, we're here at my home, so I spend time here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm at the gym for probably the majority of the day when I'm, you know, not in the evening uh, or sleeping. And uh, in between, very infrequently, I'll go shopping. Yeah. And it's usually just for groceries. I, I do the majority of my shopping online. If I can get it through Amazon, I do it through Amazon. We do all of our business purchases, like business supplies through Amazon business. Uh, I do a lot of my personal um, item shopping on Amazon or through Whole Foods, right? So right now, uh, Whole Foods Delivery has really stepped up their game. A lot more products are available. So as long as you know what you're looking for, you can probably get it. The only times that I really go out outside of the gym and my, my home are if I need quick groceries or if I want to make a liquor stop. The world the world really adapted very quickly to this whole little quarantine situation. Like, I can't imagine how it would have been, like, 20 years ago before we had Amazon shipping and all that stuff. We, you know, I, or the I, internet, even. I think that shopping would have been, you know, think about, like, any business that you've seen with lines out the door because of uh, social distancing, limited amount of people they could have in the facility and stuff like that. We probably would have seen a lot more of that. Yeah. And it probably would have been a lot less organized. Yeah. Uh, because you would just have so many people that are trying to get into these places. Um, so, so yeah, we, we are in a technology era where it has allowed us to actually have some sort of function. Mm-hmm. Because now you have people that can deliver. You, you can place an electronic order. You don't need to talk to somebody. Yeah. Uh, and so, I don't know, maybe it's fortunate that this situation happened at this time, so we were able to function to some extent. Yeah. But at the same time, did, did we react properly? So that's another question. That was actually about a month and a half ago. I had to go to Costco to buy some bulk items for our, for our household. I've been doing all the grocery shopping for us. I've exclusively been doing our grocery shopping since this whole thing started. And I got to uh, Costco in Oak Brook, and I think I'm getting there early. So I'm like, oh, I want to try to beat the rush and get in there early. <laughs> and I got there at 9.45. They opened at 10, and there was already a line around the side of the building. Yeah. yeah. I was like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> so when I, when I you go, you were slick. Yeah. if I have to go to... Uh, the grocery store. I try to go within the last hour of the, the last day. hour of the day. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, like a speed run in there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, like been training all day for this. <laughs> I like to, you know, I'm, I'm like at the door hopping, <laughs> getting getting spry, and I just beeline it for the products that I need. And you know, but like one of the frustrating. You bring your own weighted cart. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So if, if anybody gets in my way, it's like <laughs> the, the weight just carries it through. Uh, but like one of one of the frustrations I feel like, especially with um, with sort of the, the rules of engagement right now, it's like yeah. you know you're supposed to wear a mask. It, depending on what store you're in, they might ask you to go a certain direction down the aisles. Yeah. yeah. They only let a certain amount of people in the store, right? And just not everybody is paying attention to yeah. what they're supposed to be doing. So you know it, it's it's fine to me if we say okay these are the rules. And everybody's playing by those rules. But if I'm walking into a Whole Foods and I see, you know, half the people have their mask like around their chin and, yeah. uh, you know, this and that, just little things or not going the way down the aisle. And I can understand, you know, the learning curve if, if it's like your first time shopping since this whole thing happened and you don't even notice that the signs are there to tell you which direction to go. But the thing is that I feel like just people disregard it. It's it's blatant. And if you are one of the people that's following the rules, it's that's frustrating for you because you're like, I'm, I'm trying to do what society is asking of me. Yeah. And the other people aren't playing by the same rules. So, yeah, so, so I, I just try to not to be in those situations. I had that feeling. How, how long has it been now since they implemented the, the use of masks in public places? Even before they implemented that, going into grocery stores, I was, again, I was trying to be respectful of what people's concerns are and what people are trying to do right now. I think we're like so, three weeks into the, the mask mandates. Okay. So I would, I would try to give people that six feet social distancing just as a courtesy. Mm-hmm. Try not to get into other people's personal spaces just because. And I had so many people 
haphazardly wearing masks and gloves, like invading my personal space. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just standing here trying to look at these condiments. Why are you invading my space with wearing all your getup? Like, do you not understand what you're doing? Probably not, because that's why you're doing it. So it's ridiculous that you're wearing a mask and gloves and you think you're doing something, but you're invading my personal (laughs) space. And I was here first. Yep. So this is exactly the frustration that I have. So I just avoid that. I that Cholula sauce must have been good. <laughs> <laughs> it's delicious. They're no, really, actually, I, really I, get your face part. I fully admit, again, going back to the fact that I've not been as busy in my practice as I want to be, uh, I've been making more frequent trips to the grocery store on purpose just to break up the monotony of being at home all day. Yeah. But then I get the frustration of being at the grocery store surrounded by people. I'm like, you're not even wearing your mask, right? You're just leaving your gloves everywhere. You're just ditching masks in the parking lot. Like, yeah. I have heard it's people. Just so annoying. I've heard people say that you know they go grocery shopping or some kind of shopping basically just to do something. Yeah. Because you know if if you're at home, you you might get bored. Yeah. Um. And and I'm like, nope. I I don't want to be out in public. <laughs> and it's not you know it's not for fear of of catching COVID. It's it's because I just don't want to deal with other people's disregard. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just stay out of it. <laughs> but there's definitely something to that. What you just said, because I know the other, and then, like last week or something, my wife was like, oh, I really want some cashews. I was like, okay, okay, I'll go get some cashews. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get out of the house because I was indoors all day. Yeah. I would whatever whatever I can do to not be in public right now. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. So I, you know, in a social situation, like I said, I went to this brewery over the weekend. That's different. Um, people are there to enjoy themselves. Generally speaking, they're they're going to be more relaxed. Mm-hmm. But you know, you don't know in another situation who could be set off because of a disregard for for the rules. And like I said, I'm I'm trying to to follow the rules out of respect for other people. Yeah. But when other people aren't doing it, then it devalues my efforts. And uh, and at the same time, it's like you know, what what do we believe here? What's going on? I actually had a patient in one of our offices say that he went to a little company at Mary Hospital for his uh, chemo treatment, and he was waiting in line for the hospital. Like everybody is supposed to be social social distanced, wearing a mask. He's like some guy just came up and stood like two feet away from me, not wearing a mask. <laughs> and I was basically trying to cut in line, and so I said to him as politely as possible, he's like. Hey, buddy, give me my six feet or put your mask on or both, please. And he's like, this guy swore at me and basically like started getting in my face. I'm like, how is this happening right now? And he's like, and this happened in full view of a security guard, too, who basically turned around and pretended he couldn't see it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, people are on edge. People are uh, doing some weird things to some people. He goes, I'm a cancer patient, for Christ's sake. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's, again, some people just don't get it. They, they don't value anything other than themselves. Out of that story, and did he headbutt him? No, he said he got his six feet because eventually he just walked away from the other guy. And other people in line started being like, you're a jerk. Get out of here. He's like, uh, fine. So he wandered off. <laughs> that crazy level of entitlement. Yeah. I watched these videos of this guy called the Cartnark. The Cartnark? Yeah, and he goes to like parking lots and he sees people who don't put their cards away <laughs> somebody had to do this yeah it sounds amazing yeah and he goes to him he's like hey you didn't put your card away and if they they still don't put their card away and they tell him to fuck off he puts like a bumper sticker <laughs> on their card saying that they've been uh flagged by the card narcs well i can tell you that somebody... it's like the height of entitlement it, it, it's crazy it's the pinnacle of entitlement these people yeah. Some, uh, like to who's... think that you can just leave your card anywhere <laughs> sorry i'll get here as somebody whose first job was as a cashier and card attendant at target yeah that really gets me riled up too yeah <laughs> so that that just reminded me since we were talking about whole foods and carts yeah one of the trips that i went to whole foods on it was a particularly windy day yeah and uh i was walking away from my car and i just saw a cart just flying across the yeah 
the uh, the parking lot, and it, it just went like it was probably going like fifteen to twenty miles an hour. Wow. Okay, and hit the side of a Tesla that's parked. Oh. And like I, I just I saw it, and I was far enough away that there's nothing I could have done about it. But but I was like, ooh, that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I I saw so the all car, the cars in the parking lot. I saw the car attendant. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of look at it like. Wow. And I I just kept on walking. <laughs> Oh, wow. I don't know whose fault that was, you know, who who the yeah. the offender was that left the card out, but that that's what can happen. <laughs> that always makes no end, especially like when you go to like a Costco or a Sam's Club, yeah. and they have those jumbo carts there, and they're just like flying, they're just projectiles. <laughs> Giant just... industrial carts. Yeah, <laughs> insane. They're basically like a, a go-kart frame. Yeah. <laughs> I've even seen some people just like lean a cart up against somebody else's car and walk away. <laughs> Like, that's not putting it away. <laughs> Horrible. I hate when they're, like, between cars, you know? This is yeah. such a great tangent. Yeah. It reminds me of a picture that I took when I went. <laughs> <laughs> I, I rode my motorcycle to the, I think it was Brookhaven over here. Yeah. And uh, when I came back, there was a cart, like, right on top. Like, it wasn't touching my motorcycle, but it was right on top of it. Yeah. And, like, it, did you, I, you had to have seen my motorcycle. <laughs> and you just left the cart right there. <laughs> So I took a picture of it and I put them on blast on Facebook, even though I didn't know who it was yeah. or anything about them. I just was venting on Facebook. You're lucky they didn't pick up your kickstand and just lean your spike against the car. <laughs> well, that's another episode of the Bible Human. What, what a great note to finish yeah. on. Uh, Dr. Dan, if they could leave a cart next to your car, where would they do that? Uh, you can find my car at my office. Uh, <laughs> DuPage Pain Management in Willowbrook, Illinois. The address is 555 Plainfield Road, Willowbrook, Illinois. The number to schedule an appointment with me is 630-887-9400. You can find me on social media. Uh, Instagram and Twitter are the primary platforms I use these days. My handle on there is at DC. That's D-R-D-A-V-I-L-A-D-C. If you add the number one to it, you can find me on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Hector? Y'all can find me in LaGrange. Uh, my business is there, Absolution CrossFit. You can find all my good contact information at absolutioncrossfit.com. And uh, you can find me on the social medias at the.mighty.hector. I'm on Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. Uh, so you can you can sort of see what my day-to-day is like. I, I post stuff on there. Um, yeah, those are the best ways to get a hold of me. All right. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.